One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, just a quick message before you start listening to this podcast. Did you know that all of our Red Men Plus content also comes in podcast form? Not only do you get access to all the videos, you also get access to all of our podcasts too. They will download directly into your native app so you can get them on the go. So don't miss out on any more Red Men content. Sign up at redmenplus.com and like I say, get all of these amazing podcasts directly into your device. Right, I hope you enjoy this show. Hey everyone. Welcome to the Redman Podcast. Step into our nightmare. The water is warm. Um, I'm Paul Machin, Ross Chanley, Chris Pajak. Join me in the studio for this one. Um, yeah, wow. Um, it's not been a great week. It's not been a. It's not been a great month, Chris. Let's let's be perfectly honest on this. Um, our last win was in July. Um, wow, we did win a big fifty p though. Remember that? Good times. Great days. Yeah, looked really good. <laughs> Annoyingly, Costa held it like an actual shield. It was, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it properly. That's how you should be doing it. Um, yeah, if you are live with us um, on YouTube, your boss, um, use the live comments. Uh, get involved with the chat. What about if you're live with us on Twitter? If you are live with us on Twitter, come and join with us uh, over on YouTube and be boss. Um, if you're listening after the fact, you're also awesome. You're just not as prompt. Um, we have stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a chance you've got something really, you know, you've got a, a stable life, is what I'm saying. If you're not able to watch us on YouTube at half 10 in the morning on a random Wednesday. Um, not on any wrong with any people watching, you just, yeah. You either you do you you're being naughty is what I'm is what I'm what I'm intimating there. You're being you're probably most of you are being naughty. Um, kick off question. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, we're going to be discussing, of course, Liverpool United from Monday night. And we're going to have a big old chat around all the possible causes and reasons why Liverpool have been shite. Um, we're going to then uh, later on look at the the big week we've got <coughs> looming ahead and probably a little bit longer than a week to be perfectly honest next three games and what Liverpool choose to do or do not do in the transfer market um, between now and the end of the month that is all to come <laughs> Avocado Dispenser at Jason Chester's 8 on Twitter did beg the question though why is life so shit um, without getting too heavy into it ultimately when you're a football fan and you choose to commit so much of your life to that to support of a football team and that football team doesn't win football matches, life is more miserable. I've got no idea what it'd be like to support a team. Like, I, mean, I can't even begin to imagine being an Evertonian as an example because like the balance of how much happiness you get to how much misery you get is, is wildly out of whack. Ours is the complete flip opposite. But they're used to it. Yeah, but I don't think you ever get used to misery. Maybe you do. No, but you expect like your you expectancy levels of going like we won't win this game when they do. It's actually a bonus for them. Yeah, whereas yeah. the opposite way at Liverpool, don't win games remember football. staying yeah. up is better than winning a league title. Yes, it's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to tell you 
You went there for the coach greetings when they were getting relegated ball. Yeah. Saved them. Yeah. But it's true though, isn't it? I, I know we said this last week you know you have a, a kind of dark cloud hanging over your head when things are when Liverpool don't win and now it's now getting it becomes increasingly on top and on top and on top and now I'm at the point where like I don't know whether I'm like I'm a bit poorly or have I not had enough sleep or Liverpool just shite and that's you know there's a, a whole culmination of factors where you're just like can't really be asked. I think we as fans feel pressure as well though don't we and yeah, we just alluded to the, the charity shield that's your hopes are up it's like we were amazing that game you think oh, bloody hell we're back and you have that gap of football and then you get, I think People got to a certain point where they were ready for football to come back. I don't think others were, actually. I think yeah. because of the tight turnaround, because of the way the season ended last season, it was a bit like, I'll oh, just give us another another couple of weeks. But when you're ready for it, and then you get your hope up and you want to play games of football, and then you don't win them. And then every game is must win because of the standards that have been set by Liverpool and Man City. And then Man City by Haaland, everyone thinks he's going to bang in six goals a week and they're going to win every game, which quite clearly they're not going to. But that's what you have in your mind. When Liverpool don't win games of football, it's like, oh, sorry, we'll go again next week. But then you have to wait eight days till the next one. And you have to wait seven days till the next one. It's just like you can't put things right there for your whole week is miserable and then you don't win those games so then you're even more miserable it's also in a transfer we're in a transfer window yeah. where there's always distractions of misery yeah. around transfers but it's, the, it's everyone's fears coming through yeah. that, that, that's for me what, what the crux of it is it's like you know we, we've been sat here all summer long every one of us is at one point or another voiced the fact that we think that we need a midfielder we didn't get one we kind of made our peace with it because you know uh, we're in FSG's pockets, apparently. Um, but no, you make your peace with what the, the decisions that the club do and you get back on with supporting your side. Um, but every one of us probably thought that we weren't going to be quite as good as we were last season because we've lost one of the top three players in the world inside the Omane and replaced him with a youngster who wasn't integrated into the system. And every one of us knew that this was going to be a title challenge from week one because it has been every single season. And when you go in with these massive expectations of a, a, a battle with Manchester City and you're five points behind them after three games and you're seven points behind Arsenal after three games then the fears that you've had for the really really short summer break are all starting to come through you're like oh my god what's going on here they were, we're not supposed to be this bad are we getting into a top four battle what's going on Klopp speaking out about you know needing a midfielder and all that type of stuff and he did it in a very clever way don't get me wrong where he wasn't having a go at the owners but that again just starts the conversation up and you, you're almost feel like you're just browbeating with it all to be quite honest with you yeah. it's just there's no escaping there's it there's no resilience to it either because you know and we're going to talk about a lot of the reasons why late in a bit but like it just it's just it's exhausting it's just been it's been an exhausting few years supporting the club and this is mad because I'm this will fall on deaf ears to the fans of almost every other football team by the way and it's the entitlement that comes with it with the kind of stuff you're saying Ross but that last season was just very, very tired and mentally tired and stuff to go through. I had nothing left to give, and I was very. And when you've got, when it ends with Paris, and like I'm sure I'm I'm still not over that. Like I mean, I still don't. I feel very uncomfortable going around football matches again. I know we're going to talk a bit about your experience at United. We'll do that on extra um, later on. But it's. Um, all that stuff. I just I just I'm not ready for the fight again. Um, 
And it and it's more an exact it's exacerbated when there's problems that are outside of your control. When Liverpool feel like they've got it handled, you can kind of go, okay, well at least I feel knackered and I'm done in with it at all. At all, but at least I can trust these guys have got it. But when it's not working, your mind is now filled with snakes, and those snakes are every single reason why this might be might might not be working. And we're not you know we're not too many seasons removed from a, a catastrophic injury hit <clears> season that totally derailed everything we were doing. We saw and we're already we're already having that. It's like. That we were on top of the league after beating Spurs in that in the in the COVID season, and we were already decimated by injuries. We we're like, okay, well, we might be able to make this work, and then all of a sudden, it stopped working, and we couldn't figure out. We were still second, weren't we, in, at the end of January or something like it you know? What I mean? It was mad, I and mean, now it feels like we've had one. We had one game this time instead of like half a season. Half a season. Yeah. I, for me, are. like you know, you go, you go into the season almost like a full full tank of petrol, diesel, whatever, gas is probably what most people would say in that. Fuel. Yeah, in that one. But like, it feels like at the moment, winds are just throwing a fiver into you into your tank and seeing how far you can go from that. You're sort of running on empty type of thing and just a little top up. I just need a win to get me to next week just if that's alright. Banging a neutral roll down the hill for a bit. <laughs> I sat the there I sat there till 2.30 in the morning when I got home after Manchester United not doing anything. Just sat there going oh for fuck's sakes basically. Yeah. Like what's going on? I'm just staring at a wall. Like it just it's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what the football club's done to me. Everything you just said there might be the same for the players as well though. Are they mentally drained? I will come on this later, but they might be mentally drained from from last season as well, and just fucked from from the hangover. I know we had the, the parade, and it was I think it was good for all of us to be honest. And the players came out and said it. I felt fucking loads better for for going to that afterwards. But like we talk about the turnaround for us, and you know I, th- I think regardless of, of, of what you get paid, like they got run into the ground last season, like fifty odd games, obviously collectively. Yeah, co- collectively, like, they played a lot of football. When you do that and you don't win, then you get off to a bad start, and you know similar to the the defense injury season of just turn up to work every day and going, oh he's injured and he's injured. By the way, can you just can you just go again for us? Because that's the situation we're getting to now, and those fears that you're talking about now doesn't seem to be anything to say like, oh it's all right, we, we got through like Man United game, but. Cater's back on Saturday or Ox is back on Saturday. You know I mean? There's just none of that. It's, it's the other way. It's like, well, is Milner going to be all right for Saturday? Is Henderson going to be all right for Saturday? No, no, Jotter had a reoccurrence of an injury about yeah. a month and a half ago yeah. and we've not heard anything about well, I like, said where this, he's up to. I it's said proper scary. You know, like, me, me and Ross did this post-match. We were going through it going, when's Canate back? Anyone, anyone know even how long he's out? I don't really proper. I know he like he. Kurt Jones had a little something. Kurt Jones still stressing. There's little club mentioned that you know he, there's no clear timeline on that. Still no. It was a slightly clearer timeline on Thiago, but you know is that is that still a month away? Is that now three weeks away or two weeks away from that? We don't know because it was a month to six weeks. It was being that was the was the the chat. Six weeks that. is ten games. Yeah. Yes, it was. Huge. Did, well, maybe they were talking about nine, weren't they? Like at, at the time. Um, again, as you say, Jota, no idea where, no idea where Jota's up to, at all in that regard. And I mean, if you just, they're, they're massive. They're yeah. all that's you know, Canate was basically. There's a chance Canate was our best centre half by the well he was, but you know he's the best our best player in the Champions League final. He'd be starting games of football for us. Obviously Thiago's playing games in, mid, in midfield for Liverpool because because we'll be doing that. And Diogo Jota is our is our in our he's in our best front three without without a doubt. And yeah, just as you say at the moment, it just feels like you're more likely to hear someone else's out. And, and there's the nappy stuff. We'll talk about that in a bit as well. But uh, right, we're going to we're gonna come on to talk about the United game in a second. I just want to do something which is not, not football related, but obviously most people will have seen it. It's been national news. Um, young girl, Olivia Pratt-Corbell was 
um, basically shot to death in a house by uh, by an unknown person. It, it happens literally two streets over from my house. It's on the same road that me brother-in-law lives you know like literally walking distance from where f- four children in my family were, were sleeping as well um they're basically asking for more information somewhere someone out there knows more about this uh, harry doyle who's a, a local uh, representative uh, for, for the naughty ash area um said our community must come together and share any information you may have um you can report anonymously via at crime stoppers uk on 0800 um so if anyone knows anything about that uh, please do get in touch because we need to find whoever was responsible for all that and make sure that they're brought to justice because it's like genuinely beyond horrifying than a nine-year-old kid, that anyone should have to be have to face down this kind of situation. But even worse, that people think they can get away with it as well. Someone somewhere out there in the city of Liverpool knows something, um, and the more people who can give more information, hopefully we that can uh, have some sort of justice. Never going to bring it back, but um, yeah, that's where that's where we're at. Um, Bigger grass. Yeah, it's not. I know, but yeah, just on the point. It's it's a it's a nine year old kid. Grass that died. And, honestly, I know we've got the, the, the be a grass, don't be a grass culture. Like I mean, I, I tell my kids, I tell my kids, don't be don't be a grass. But it's if there's a kid, there's a there's a kid dead. It's not about it's not about grass, and this is not about getting your mates into trouble. This is about someone who's gone beyond too far. If you know the pe- I mean, parents, family members. If someone in your family did that, I know there's a loyalty to family, but it goes beyond. It goes beyond that. The grassing thing is just fucking. It's 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 it, it's immaturity in, in in something that is very much not a situation that requires that. Um, anyway, right, okay, very short break from us. Then we're going to talk about uh, Man United, Liverpool to lift the mood. Yippee. Hello everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. While I've got you here for a minute, let me tell you about Red Men Plus, our amazing subscription service dedicated to all things Liverpool. Over on Red Men Plus, you will get access to the best premium content, including more podcasts that you'll enjoy. You'll get access to exclusive merch discounts and you'll even get access to our very own Discord server and Facebook group. There's so much more to offer. To find out more, head over to www.redmenplus.com and get your subscription nice one and let's get back to the show oh god right uh, United 2 Liverpool 1 um, yeah I, I, just the problem the problem with this Chris is that there's a very skewed narrative around Manchester United at the moment and look there's no escaping the fact that we have been literally laughing our asses off at United now for months and months and months and months and months years even they are and have been shite but there's no world in which you should ever expect to go to Old Trafford and win, even when Liverpool are brilliant and they're supposedly shite. It's there's a reason we don't win lots at Old Trafford, and there's something about you know it's the reason why teams don't come to Anfield and, and win very much. It's just it's a place that's very hard to go and win football matches. Yeah, it is, but I don't care about that. I don't care about you know w- what the result per se is. I care about the performance. Yeah. And it, it lacked in every sense of the words. Like, there was just, there was no fight. It's like, you, if you want to win at Old Trafford, the first thing you've got to do is fight for everything. Yeah. And that just didn't happen on Monday night. It was terrible for me from start to finish. You know, the void of ideas, um, the void of application. It just, we were out thought. It was, it was a joke across the pitch. Like, and... To be honest with you, changes should have happened at half time. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was glaringly obvious. And when the change is made, it was kind of baffling, to be honest with you, that, like, 
James Milner stayed on the pitch. Yeah. And Fabinho was the one. And Fabinho was the one that was going to come on. Everyone knew that. But the fact that James Milner stayed on for a few more minutes was a bit baffling to me. And that's all I expect from Liverpool. I go to support the sides and to watch them do everything they can to get a victory. And they didn't do that. And that's not part of what being a supporter and a football team is for me. We give everything we've got for you. You give everything you've got for us. And there was only one side of that on Monday night. Yeah, I um, obviously it's a different vibe when you're watching it, I guess, at home or whatever. But I don't think I'm not going to sit here and defend the performance. And God knows we talked about it enough on the on the night itself, Ross. There was there were still there were enough. It's been enough time that I can look at it and say there were enough positives. There were there were bits and pieces of positives of it. But I agree, and it goes past this point of I don't understand some of the decisions. I don't understand some of the tactics. I don't understand why Mo Salah's so far away from the box when he's the only guy we know who's going to score a goal for us. And it's telling that both of the goals he scored <clears throat> this season in the league for us have come within the proximity of the six-yard box, whereas the vast majority of his plays being done on the right wing. I... I... I don't know. My only thing on this... There's just there's more going on, and and it's stuff that we're not privy to, but the Jordan Henderson, because I totally agree with Chris, and we, again, we said this at the time, it's mad that Milner stays on, but then, but why? I don't, you know, there must, there has to be reasons behind it, and I can only surmise it's literally we're in this awkward situation now. And this goes, this is my problem with needing a win at Old Trafford when we're in the midst of an injury crisis. Is we're having, we're having to protect ourselves for the next game and the next game, which sounds fucking stupid yep. because we need to get a win, but. That can be my only. That's the only reason I can think there because I don't see why you take Jordan. You need to take your captain off when you're trying to fight to to, to get a win. Yeah, get a point actually no, from the game. But I think it could have been a number of people on, on occasion. You said that the whole performance was, was terrible, but I think you look at the options on the bench. I think he, put, he would have made five changes if he had the, the amount of people to, to make those changes at half time. That's not been for the first time this season. He spoke about James Miller after the game. I think it was in defence of the first goal when he's, he's obviously bollocking Virgil van Dijk. And he said, you know, there wasn't a lot of support there, but I saw Millie try. So maybe that's got him some credit in the bank and that's maybe maybe why he stayed on. I don't know. I'm just I'm just surmising why he might have done. But you said to me before the game started, I was I was feeling about the game. And I said I wanted Liverpool to, to start the game properly and I'm sick of going in, in behind. And there's no in-game management for any of those players. Well, hey, Miller's bollocking Virgil van Dijk, but... I'm seeing a rinse repeat of Liverpool going behind a goal early before they have a kick up the arse or getting it at half time and needing some some words from Jurgen Klopp before they start a game of football. That shouldn't be the case, you know. And at least learn from your mistakes. I reference it to Fulham. The crowd were up. They were all over us. Keep hold of the ball for five minutes. Do what you said. Win the ball. Be a prick. You know, some just like slow well, the game down. Don't try and go toe for toe well, when you're being overrun and you can't control the game of football. We did, bro, in, in a in a very general, albeit much lower sense than is expected. We did the right thing. Man United are all over us, and they got the ball back, and they took possession of it, and they dominated the ball. But it felt like we were saying this, Chris. I don't know whether you agree. It felt like Liverpool were winging it. There's nothing that felt practiced about how we played when we had the ball it all, all felt three games this season yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. felt like oh we'll try we'll try this and see if it works yeah there is I, I said this after the game in, in my post matches that you know we're, we're struggling to score goals we're devoid of ideas in the final third at the moment and you know for me I, I look at it and I'm like people will point to the positives of loads more possession and more shots Manchester United allowed us that possession like any team, if Man, the way Man United were playing, could have kept the ball against them. 
That's not that's not an issue. Not not for an issue for a side like us. They let us have the ball, and then they said you're not getting into the penalty area loads, and that's yeah. kind of what they did. And and every team's playing us like that at the moment. It's the soft underbelly, to be honest with you. In, in three games this season, we've conceded a penalty from one pass from from winning the ball back on one pass. We've conceded a goal against Crystal Palace from winning winning the ball back one pass through, and we conceded a goal against Manchester United losing the ball Hendo in the middle one pass through one goal. And the Alanga chance when he hits the. Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. And it's it, it's the same every week at the moment, and that needs to be rectified and changed ASAP. But when we've got the ball, we've got to do more with it. Yeah. You know, we've we've changed, haven't we, I think, back in the last season to to accommodate Louis Diaz and his style of play. Um, we've moved Mo Salah out and got chalk on his boots, and I like him out there. To be quite honest with you, I think he's a he's a more impactful player when he's out there in terms of all round gameplay. Doesn't get as many goals, granted. So it's up and down there Louis Diaz on the other side and we it kind of felt like we were evolving to have a forward because we knew maybe that a big sort of target man style Nunez centre forward maybe I'm doing a disservice calling him a target man there but someone to run onto things as well is going to be fit into this side so get the wingers ready for that change the way that they're playing but what we need to do and, and this is all down to fullbacks as well they're coming inside a little bit more we've all spoken about Trent coming inside that allows more space for the wingers to play on the wings but we need a different type of midfield to be able to work with that. And what we've been left with because of injuries and ultimately because Thiago is injured, is there's no one in there with a bit of craftsmanship yeah. who's going to be able to feed the ball. And now we haven't even got the striker to do it to anyway. He was telling how much better we were when we started trusting Harvey and he started yeah. trusting himself exactly. in the second half because yeah. he's that. He'll sit between the we lines and someone, he'll turn the ball around yeah, and he'll move forward. we need someone with craft who can play the ball forwards and get someone on too. But Bobby Firmino doesn't help. And if you're going to play Bobby Firmino and Mo Salah, play them the normal but he's way. being told, but I, that's the Bobby Firmino thought I, I find mad because that was a very Bobby from two years ago. Bobby performance where he's not in the game he wants to be in the game so he's going to drift he's going to drop deep and he's going to get on the ball and just to get himself some touches and look to look, and look to make things happen he must be getting instructed to do that because that's not how he was playing it last season and that's not how our number nine was playing last season at all our number nine was being asked to basically be more be more of a number nine there's a reason why Jota has had <laughs> such good success in that role Bobby Firmino's goals to get minutes ratio last season albeit he didn't play a lot was better than it's been since 17-18 because he was being told it's fine mate do your bit of, do your bit and pieces here but ultimately get on the get on the end of stuff in the box so it, it, again it, the whole thing just feels it worked once off. it worked once when I think Bobby Firmino drops the plays it out wide maybe and then the balls I think it was to Trent and then Trent plays it back into Bobby and he lays it back five yards to Salah yeah. and Martinez maybe gets down for a block or something yeah. like that that was the one time when I felt that it clicked and it looked like oh that's what we're supposed to be doing but we didn't do it again it's like but, but this is the thing about Bobby Firmino and it's a bit like he's gone okay here we go again I'm going to drop off here I'm going to pull defenders and defenders are going yeah, you're Bobby Firmino, mate. We know we'll just stay here. Thanks. We're, we're just going to stay in. I, but the difference is, Paul. It's it's okay dropping deep, but what used to happen? Because it fill the space for, exactly, and that's yeah. not happening. And Diaz doesn't do that. No, which exactly. Is, which is which is the which is definitely one of his one of his issues. No, I I I I, I agree. It's. I don't think he would have or should have started that game. If there'd been other options on the bench. Obviously, Jota and Nunes. Nunes obviously doesn't help the situation. But we were having a chat about this before you did the start eleven show, and I put I think I put Salah in the middle, Nelly on the right, which is just 
the best of a bad job at the minute. But Bobby was coming back from an injury. So I don't know if he's been forced to play that game of football when he's not completely match ready or match fit. I'm not trying to defend him for his performance, but is it just makes you think of like, should he have played that no, game? I, but I, I, think, think, I think he certs certain games of football and that one, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, at the, but that's my thing on this. That 11 can win a game of football against any football team. You know, because you can, because you can, because you can engineer a win. But I don't think we tried to engineer a win there. I think, and it's, it's a, it, just to pick up on a thread from what you were saying there, Chris. I think we are. We've taken a gamble here, and that gamble is stick with how we're going to play when we've got everyone fit. And you know, so we're going to. Nunes will be back in two games, and Jota will hopefully be back in a handful of games after that. And both of them allow us to broadly say play the same way because they're going to play as proper number nines. And there's more value in us and having everyone else learn how to play a slightly different way. It sounds mad at the, at the time. It feels mad right now. It's like, again, it's like when we had all the, when they had in 19, no, in 2021, when everyone was injured and we had that spell of games where they were probably just hoping it would all work. So it's exactly kept, the same. We kept with the same thing. And eventually we just went, right, fuck it. We're going to have to change our approach. We put the two slow centers. That's, that's, that's the thing that's pissing me off is that he'd been through this before, yeah. and you know we changed it and we dropped a little bit deeper with Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, and we changed the way that we played football because we had to to win games of footy, and it feels like that's what we need to do now. You know, and we haven't got ten games to be able to work that out. Yeah. He's got to make that decision quickly, and he's got to change how we're playing because we're stuck between two formations and two styles of play, and we're not doing any of them well. Yeah, and but this is I, this is why I'm appreciative of the devil and the deep blue sea on this because if we want to win the if we want to win the league, and that sounds like a ludicrous statement to say, having not won a game in the first in the first three, then we've got to make that way work and work because that's clearly how they feel is the best way for us to challenge Man City. <laughs> you can afford to change your style and be less dominant and do all that when you're fighting for top four because the margin for error is so much bigger. You don't need to win as many games of football. You can draw more games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Ultimately, it's well easier for us to finish in the top four, and that, that, and maybe that's a little bit of that. Either a they know more than we do about the return of certain footballers, and they think it's 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 fine. There's a bet. It's better us taking a bit of a gamble for a couple of weeks for the long term gains of it all, or they're thinking, well, we've still got a mar- we've still got a room room here where we've got a couple of games before we can. If we have to change it, we'll change it in a week or two's time. And we're giving up on the league, but we know the top four is a... It's, we, can, we can probably piss top four no matter what we do. Because if we can get third in the fucking in the way that we did, then it stands to reason that we'd be all right. But I don't know. It feel, it just But from the outside looking in, it looks mad. It just looks like everything's wrong. And the, the Endeavour have got... A, um, there's a lot of people commenting about it. In fact, let me see if I can find the comments. Um, Scott Hawks, regular super chatter with another one there saying, I have a couple of hospital stays in September and I'm looking forward to the anaesthetic. Stop me thinking about Trent not being arsed to chase back after losing the ball. What the fuck's going on? Uh, I've seen a lot of this and this is one of the things I had to defend on a show I did um, for another channel yesterday. Someone, better, someone who doesn't support Liverpool very vehemently having a strong opinion about Trent's defensive things and it is impossible to defend Trent when you see that clip where... It's the first goal, yeah, yeah. and he, he just he's Jogs. jogging back, he's, he's walking, stops, yeah. It's very difficult to make a defensive of <laughs> any player when when they're like that. It's just you go, it's double exacerbated by. I, I I don't think it's helped by that clip of Mbappe the other week where he's running down the left wing, he doesn't get the ball, and then he yeah, just yeah. stops and turns around. I think people are on on the on the lookout for footballers switching off there's a couple the of moment. different ones with tense that's unforgivable for the for their Sancho goal completely unforgivable he switches off first of all to let um, Alankin in 
maybe on the one two, mm-hmm. and then he's running inside and, and you've covered that. But there's another one for the other goal where he basically is on the halfway line and doesn't run back. That's defensible for me, and I'm giving both sides the argument because I thought Trent was terrible, by the way. But there is a reason sometimes that he turns and doesn't run back. When he's 20 yards behind play anyway, there's no point for a start. And if Allison saves it, he's got a quick pass and we're on the attack. Mm-hmm. So there are two things going on here. Provided so, someone some, from the midfield does some, that job for him. Yeah, sometimes you're okay with that. But other times, when you're in a defensive position, you fucking defend. Yeah. That's why the first goal is unforgivable yeah. for me. I do. I, right, and I think there's an attitude. There's an attitude thing at the moment where we do a feels we're playing as like we're playing like we're we're, we're a brilliant team, which is sound. But you you've got to you've got to rebuild the foundations now. That's not just going to happen for you. We've got to put you right. It's got to be built back again on the graft, and this, it's just mad. I mean, we we said this after Fulham. It's like, well, what are the odds that five world class footballers have an off day? Well, now we're. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad against Palace, of course, but it, it'll feel it, and it'll, it, it's going to get lumped in just as much. Always, the performance was better, and obviously, I don't. Again, ten men doesn't doesn't help, but does it does? But whatever. But now it's like Virgil Van Dijk hasn't had a good game this season. Trent barely has had some. He's had some good moments. The second half against Palace, I thought he was really good. Um, but other than that, Jordan Henderson maybe second half against Fulham. He's good. He's good when he comes off the bench against Palace, but he hasn't put in. He hasn't put a a really strong showing. Bobby Firmino's been crap this season. Fabinho. Fabinho's been crap this season. Diaz is, is again, 35 minutes against Crystal Palace when he's really, really turned it on and looked at danger. He's had a little, little bits of fits and starts around that. Salah's had minimal impact on the games, but at least he's stuck the ball in the back of the net a few times. It's... Yeah, I've seen a few people saying Robertson looks knackered. I think Robertson's actually been been okay, but it's hard to it's hard to tell because his role his role has changed with Diaz being in front of him as well, and of course with the left side of midfielder being different um, since then. It's mad. It's it's mad. I don't really know. When you think on on the flip side of um, what Manchester United have been through so far this season, you mentioned like, laughing at them for months and stuff, but losing to Brighton and then getting battered by Brentford. They haven't played well this, this this season either. So everything you said before about what was bad about our performance, they were the complete opposite. Now, if they can be crap and then have all the outside murmurs going on of all the protests and stuff that's going on, how can they can turn up for that game? Because they're properly motivated. Like, they were organised, you said there, they wanted the ball. Well, there was loads of 50-50s. Yeah. They would just shout off. And maybe in the back of their mind, they're going, well, I can't get injured. Otherwise, otherwise we're fucked. We shouldn't, I shouldn't have that. But maybe just in the back of their mind, of going, yeah. you know, that Gomez 50-50 I mentioned with Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes wanted that fucking ball more than Joe Gomez did. Yeah. And it was a dangerous position. And he's the last man and whatever else. Fucking take him out. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I mean, I, look, I, I said this at the time. Bruno Fernandes goes in full stretch slidey. You've got to go. Joe, Joe Gomez has got to match him doing that. And is that is the only solution? Because I don't think he's not, he's favourite to it. But again, by the by, I agree with the point. Is that that's the psychology, the dangerous psychology of where we're at now? Of am I next? Is that I must be running through the minds of a lot of these players. What happens if I get injured? Virgil Van Dijk again. You know, he, he must be terrified because he. And, and we, again, we touched upon it. There's a World Cup as well in a couple of months, and he must be. And be players in there thinking. 
wouldn't mind going to a World Cup. And not only am I going to catch performances, fuck them then. No, 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 exactly. No, no, no. But that's what I mean. That's what they. But there's all of this stuff. Liverpool have got. I. I don't think talking about witches at the training ground is a particularly sensible approach from the manager at this either. Because you're just putting ideas in people's heads. You know, it's it's not about you're saying that something from out of nowhere is going to come and strike you down. That's a very uncomfortable. Yeah. Way to feel and 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 live your life because it makes you it implies it's out of your control. Don't let football players know that the things are out of their control because all of a sudden it would be like yeah, it's just it's just a weird it's a weird mentality to have. It, you're right. It looks like a bunch of lads. I mean, this where, where we're at now. There's too many players for whom if they get injured now we're fucked. If Saint gets an injury, we're fucked. If Virgil gets an injury, we're the, fucked. The, the Gomez gets an injury, we're, we're fucked. Anyway, we're not got, we're not got adequate cover for him. Yeah, but we, yeah, well, but that's an injury thing, isn't it? No, well, it is because we bought a right back. In the yeah, we don't know how good he is. No, I know. But, bought, but, but, but to the point, we bought, we literally bought a we well, bought sorry, a right back. The other solution to that was Gomez or Milner, but we can't use them because we don't have a midfield. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. And that, yeah, yeah. moreover, that is that's what I mean. Yeah. Is that that's where we're at? If we, we we we've got one more midfielder left in terms of being able to actually put a midfield, a, a legitimate senior midfield out. Yep. And that we're not far off the point where Fabio Carvalho, who looked very impressive in his little cameos, is not it's not a mid- Liverpool midfielder, not yet. You know, not for what is required to play in Liverpool's midfield. That is a hail mary. I've seen a lot of this. Like, just throw the kids in midfield, cool. But if we get absolutely dicked everywhere doing you ruin that, them. you've ru- you've ruined yeah. them. And it was, you know, it, that's that's not that's not how it works. That's what you do when you're in a fucking relegation fight and you or you or you you you're panicking. Liverpool won't do that. But I, but like, oh, sorry, we're all just looking over at the board here. But this is the point. If either Van Dijk or Gomez pick up an injury now, it's not Phillips starting centre half for us. If Trent gets an injury, I genuinely... Which has already happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Trent gets injured, so Milner's then then moving to right back, who at 36 years old, it's not even about his quality, because I, I, I will I will die on this hill forever. James Milner can come in and play any isolated game of football or drop in any isolated 30 minutes of football for you and do an absolutely sterling job. But no, he can't do. He won't be able to even do five games back to back because the last time we tried to do that was in the COVID season, and he played two and got injured because his body won't. I'm certain of it won't allow him to do that. And then, then you, yeah, you, you're fucked. You know. So I, I can appreciate the the, the mentality of the, of the footballers is, is could be impacted by the it. mentality. Listen, we're quite right to talk about it, but you know. They've got to pick up what they do with the ball as well. Yeah. It's like you can't just blame the mentality when you know, there was a pass from Allison to Robbo. Um, and Elliot, and he booted out of him. And it basically ended up going to someone's head, yeah. and we ended up conceding the throwing yeah, out of yeah, it. And yeah, you're yeah, like, it was Elliot, was yeah. Elliot and you're yeah, like, no. what the fuck? Yeah. What was the aim of this pass? Because yeah. you've hit it at head height to someone who's on the touchline. Yeah. I've got no idea what's going on there. Yeah. There was loads of Virgil van Dijk, poor passing. Joe Gomez knocked the ball out a couple of times when he's trying to play the ball to centre really Alexander-Arnold. But these two passes weren't. Yeah. And you give the ball away and you're under pressure. So it's great having 87% passing accuracy or whatever it is on the day. But if the ones that you fuck up cause problems, then you've caused problems. I, I, that, you know, this is, so, and every single player was in the same boat at, on Monday night. No one did anything cutthroat. No one did anything where you think, wow, that was absolutely brilliant. The big switches from Virgil van Dijk, where have they gone? Yeah. Why is Henderson taking the ball off Virgil van Dijk? We, we ended this three, four years ago, by the way. Yeah. We stopped doing that. Henderson's a good six when he doesn't take the ball off van Dijk's feet because van Dijk can play those passes. Yeah. Why have we gone back to this safety net? Why are we using like a freaking Hendo dummy? Well, you, you know, know why? I mean? You know crazy. why that is? That's nothing to do 
do with that. That's not to do with Virgil's ability. That's Jordan Henderson trying to grab the game, and that's that's in how he do. He, he, he and we don't need that. No, I know exactly. But that's him reverting to type. That's his way of going. I'm going to go and sort this out. Give me the ball, I'll, and then I'll, I'll pass I'll, it I'll to be... Joe Gomez. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 that's but that, that's how that's just it's infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just mentally how yeah. they're that. It's it's what they're actually doing on yeah. the pitch is not good enough. And again, the cutthroat thing comes and this is but this is the problem we're trusting a 19 we need a 19 year old kid to come good or two 19 year old kids to come good for us to do this and we're well better for having Elliot and the Carvalho I would I would contend this I don't know how you make this work even if it's like if, if Firmino if we haven't got anyone else back fit maybe try Carvalho in the nine or whatever just so you can have him and Elliot link up a little bit because I think there's clearly something between those two lads yeah. but that's what you need you need Bravery, you, and that's the X factor in the cutthroat thing came from Elliot. He, he picked the ball up, he turns towards goal, and he's looking. He's like, "Where can I? Who can I pass this ball to?" When we started trusting the people in the attack to take awkward passes, we were much better for it. All of our best moments in that game came, and it was throughout the game. It wasn't just in that final spell when we were we were we were chasing it. All of our best football came where we just went right, just just batter it into feet, let it stick, see what happens. Good times where, and that, then it allows Andy Robertson to get a little bit of space on the left hand side. A couple of times he got into really good areas there and gets cut, get cut back. It's just, yeah, it just feels. Last season we had goals season. like as in pre-planned movements for goals to create. I don't think we've got anything at the moment, and that's sort of what you said at the, at the start of the show, isn't it? It's like Liverpool don't have a pattern of play right now that's recognisable to me, mm-hmm. and that's really strange. Three games into a season where you can't really tell what the what the plan is because every team and Real Madrid did this in the Champions League. You're going to sit back, and no matter how good the team is, they're going to sit back and nullify our press yeah. because they're not looking to play the ball out. And and also again, this is the this is the detriment of the midfield thing, and where this is the this is the imperceptible thing about who we choose to use in midfield our defensive system works because you've got our midfield needs to be cutting the passes out it's dead easy to score against Liverpool when you don't press right yeah (laughs) and and but that's so it looks like it's all the defense's fault and it is very it is very simple it's not very simple but it looks it look the most simple things are often the things it's two very quick passes and a release so uh, you brought this up at half time i'm going to get up there is james miller's um heat map Mm -hmm. um from the game on saturday and something we discussed on a final word yesterday i was talking to you about it before but all that stuff you were talking about before about that one pass and and, and you're straight through you take a look at uh, james miller's heat map he's literally everywhere on that pitch yeah. how can you have a midfield structure and expect the six to do the job and I think Steve Plunker said this a few times of like people slating Fabinho and his role he still needs those two eights in front of him at times to p- give him some support w- what's in front of him because you can't mark three players that are in midfield and do it by yourself so that's where the one pass is coming through I quite admire James Milner for like being the extra runner in, in you know in, in the eight and getting it's into not the very big it, but it, we can it, get it, it up on screen if you're watching on YouTube James Milner's heat map is absolutely bizarre it's literally. I mean, he couldn't have covered. It basically covers every position apart from left back and, and right back. So, uh, on, one, on, on one angle, that, left back. that's admirable. On the other, on the other side, that's just utter chaos. How how can you be all over the pitch? And I, I get. But I said James Milner's having this fucking free at season where he's going right. I'll, I'll do whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, we need lads to get in the box. Go on, I'll go and get in the box. He's not very good at it, but he'll go. He'll go and get himself. He and gets- that's fine at certain times, but you can't do it throughout the whole game. And when you're getting punished and punished with the one pass thing, like that's where the in-game management comes in. It's like let's stop for five minutes yeah. and support the midfield and the defence and get over uh, the ball. I, I agree with your points, but just to add a little bit of nuance to a heat map, it's touches of the ball. 
that it's based upon. And so Liverpool had 70% of the ball. And so obviously, as you move to the right-hand side, if you're playing on the left, you can press to the right-hand side. So a lot of that is just natural movement here and there, just as an understanding of what a heat map shows. Touches the ball in the final third, and then we lose the ball because we're being pressed all the time. Then where is he? He's, yeah, he's, but then you, you can't possibly tell when yeah, we've lost know, the ball. Yeah, is what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to say. Like yeah, there is a bit yeah, of yeah. nuance. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. more to the fact yeah. that yeah, but yeah, to the point in possession, James. I don't Miller, disagree with the point. I'm just saying, yeah, James yeah. Milner is 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 being out at every man for every occasion at any at any given position. That's not discipline to me. I, well, I, it's, it's admirable, but when you're losing games of football constantly, yeah, it's it's just you could do with someone doing that who's who's. As we've said, plenty of people have said, who's 25 years old and has is, is, yeah. is, is got a great eye for goal or whatever. You know, if Curtis Jones is doing that a bit more, I'm a little bit more encouraged by yeah. it. Or if Harvey's doing that, I'm actually not. I'm I'm less concerned about it. Or but, was he there because Firmino was in his position for most of the game? Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> who knows? There, there certainly is a bit of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, we yeah. had an extra midfielder in our number nine. But we said this before. I mean, I thought Klopp was I kind of answered this. Because we're in a situation now where there's no, there is no solution, really. Other, than, it's got to be worked out by whoever we've got, and it is, it is, it's tactical, not like wild, not wild shifts. Because he said we go to four two three one, but we haven't, we haven't got any other forwards. And you could say, well, we have because Carvalho comes on, but then what? So we start. Let's say, for example, we start Fabinho and Henderson in a two, and you start Carvalho, Elliot, Diaz, and Salah. Or whatever up front, then that means there's Firmino just there. Or you put Firmino in for whatever. It's not much better, is it? You know what I mean. No. It's not leading, the only way it? you can. Do, but it, but it <laughs> might it might solidify <laughs> the it might solidify the defense a bit more. Is what I'm thinking of it because you know you look at what Trent Alexander Arnold was done, and every every team is going to play into that space behind Trent. Well. All right, it's not working at the moment. Don't give him the space. Yeah. <laughs> like, like somebody you've got to change because yeah. he's not creating. Yeah. If you go the first three games, if you're going to play Harvey Elliott, I think on the right of the three, and you're still concerned about the Trent thing being in there. I don't really want Harvey Elliott dropping no. into cover, and maybe that's a little bit of the issue with, with Milner being all over the place. Is the biggest issue we've got is Har- Harvey Elliott should be starting right of the three four. I think he's a terrific little footballer. But what else happens after that? It, it, it hamstrings us in our choices because yeah. of the minute all three of our first choice options for the left side of midfield are all injured. Thiago, Cater and Jones are all out. So you then Milner is fourth choice for that role, which is okay. But you, you want Henderson in the team because you could really do with Jordan Henderson in the team because let's be honest, would you rather have Jordan Henderson in the team or James Milner in the team? Well, yeah. It's Jordan Henderson, but I've yet to see any evidence of him playing well on the left of a three, and it's been minimal, minimal evidence on that. So he might be brilliant at it, but also we seem a bit reticent to, to try it again as well. And Fabinho needs to play, but Fabinho's in crap form. Do this with a four-two-three-one. Is it the same situation on Monday night? If, you, if your game's not going your way, what are you doing to change it? Mm-hmm. I know you're in danger of running Henderson and Fabinho you two sixes into the ground as you just said it's all Darwin Nunes' yeah. yeah. fault this let's be perfectly honest if he just fucking not got sent off at least we'd be able to have a, a more reasonable idea and all this but this is you know this is like Chris it's, do you remember again in 2021 where we get to the end of January February and the media are just really bored of talking about how many injuries Liverpool have got so they start going <laughs> things like this is just the end of this team now. This is just the end of the Liverpool cycle. I've seen it already. It's the end of the Liverpool cycle. And listen, it might be. I don't know. You don't know. But it, it's... It, it, 
yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It feels it feels a lot like that again. Except you know, at least we had we had half a season of being good that time around. It's just. I think the injury is an acceptable thing to discuss, but it's exacerbated by we didn't have we had enough players to beat Fulham, and we didn't. And when you don't beat Fulham, and then you go to Crystal Palace and you don't beat Crystal Palace, you're now at United where you've got no players left and you've not won a game of football. So everything is now on top, and now everything is being hyper scrutinised on top of. Because again, how do we fix it? You can't make it. You yeah. can't make sweeping changes well, to the people. You can't. On the pitch. I think I'm going to use the front three as an example here, right? I think I'll ask you both a question first. I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it. Is Bobby Firmino at his peak now? No. Is Mo Salah at his peak now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. When our front three were at their absolute best, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Salah. Do you think all three of them were at the peak? Uh probably. Yeah. So. Let's use a little bit of FIFAisms, and I think this is what like the green stuff around your front three means and stuff. Is it like how well they gel together yeah. and stuff like that, right? Have we got that with our front three now? No, no. And two of our front three probably aren't at their absolute peak of the powers. Without chemistry, no Mane. Two lads not at the peak of the powers. One of the lads right now in the Liverpool it hasn't scored goals. Yeah. One of the lad doesn't score goals. And one of the lads is playing wide and not, you know, and not being as impactful as he could be in games. Like there's one unit, right? So we've said our front three are playing nowhere near good enough right now, and they're not at the peak powers anyway. And they haven't got the chemistry that made those 100 percent players, hundred and ten percent, because the three of them work brilliantly together. You got a midfield three from the other from the other night that's not very good, quite honestly. You know, Henderson in the six, Milner on the left hand side, Elliot. There's no chemistry there. It's you know, Henderson's played an eight for most of the last three years. Played well in the six, don't get me wrong, but he's been put in because Fabinho's not in good form. Milner's not been at his peak for five years, even though he's a good squad player. And you've got a, a centre back pairing that hasn't played together for two years. Yeah. Um and you've got a lad in Trent Alexander-Arnold who doesn't look in good form. Yeah. And it's a debatable on Robertson from everyone I've spoken to. I think he's actually played quite well. You said that. You yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I've just ran through the entire team and we're wondering why we're having problems. Yeah. No, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. And I say there's no there's just no scope for change, which is the which is the thing in in this world, you know, and we're left with now, that's my, my point. I was going to trust two 19-year-olds. Do not, do not do. I mean, look, if you do, if they do, they do, and they, it might be the springboard that kicks them on, but from 30 years of watching football if you have to put all your faith in 19 year olds you'll get a short burst but you'll fucking ruin them for the years well, that, the years that follow anyway we discussed the fixtures before what is it um, Bournemouth on Saturday Newcastle Wednesday Everton Saturday and then you're in Champions League games that, that following following from the Everton game and then you got a weekend game it's two games a week for three, three months yeah no it's true um as I say, there's a million million possible causes in this and that's the thing there's a lot of like deep think going on and I'm seeing a lot of individual things and as you started to list them just as a, a bit of an exercise for a video I might do on my channel on Thursday of like listing every one of my fears of why Liverpool are, are going to fall apart this season or whatever and there's bazillions of them I've seen you know in the comments are filled with them already it's like didn't buy a midfielder it's Mo Salah's did Mo Salah get in a new contract to upset the, the squad the squad you know what I mean it's, and there's, there's there's and they're just two tiny ones and everyone's got their own hot take on why Liverpool aren't doing really well none of us Virgil know the not being informed was not helping yeah bloody exactly. hell yeah, yeah, yeah. and again he didn't clap the fans 
He just walks straight off the pitch. He's fucking, yeah, yeah. And like, I was obviously at the game with Chloe and she was fucking raging because she went to Fulham and he didn't do it there either. Now, I've never really noticed whether he does or he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he ever really... I think he, he but, does, but it but really it pissed think, a lot of people off the other night. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I mean, there's hours of video footage that I have that will be all over vlogs. Someone may be able to be able to tell me, you know, unequivocally on this. But Henderson always goes to the cop, yeah. and Milner always does. Javier Elliott always does. And Robbo, well. yeah, Javier, of course he does. <laughs> he, he, he goes to every hands. individual person <laughs> on the front row. Goes to five, yeah. He's got a bag of shirts. <laughs> just hand <laughs> to the mount of everyone as he goes. Um, but like, yeah, like Trent does, and, and you know, but it's and your proximity to the, the fans. Virgil will, but I don't. Yeah, it, it never stands out to me as him being someone who regularly does that. Whatever. I think the it's point, a bit different when you're losing games of football and you're playing terrible, and you, your away yeah. fans are paid loads of money and, and sung yeah. the hearts out all fucking night to show a little bit of respect. Easy. Look, Virgil's dead. Done in. You could see him how embarrassed he was that Milner was bollocking him. He was like, yeah, yeah like you know, like I know, I, I, I kind of know, but I don't know whether he's got something going on at the minute. It just feels like that. Like everything feels on top. He just, he just looks lackadaisical to me at the moment. And you know, I've said this upstairs in the office, and I don't know whether it's true, but it's, a, it's a, it's a theory. Regardless, is like, it's like he. It's like what got him to become the best defender in the world is like standing off. And now he believes that's the only way to defend almost. And it's like, I wasn't as asked about where he was for the goal as what he did with Rashford beforehand, mm-hmm. to be quite honest, in the phase of play before. Because he just walked, he just walked up to Rashford and Rashford yeah, just played on, the ball back to Bruno Fernandes yeah. and whipped the ball into the box. I'm like, stop that. Stop that. Like, do something with that. Like, And then you get back into position. You're caught between a rock and a hard place. He doesn't know where the goal is. I understand that. I, look, I want him to come out and rush, but equally, I've seen loads of balls well, hit his leg and go and wide. Rush, you come out and rush. You. That's what happened. Look what happened to James Milner. We yeah. said this about him last week with the Zaha goal. Virgil Van Dijk throws himself to the floor. I'm sorry. It's like, like take. I've been a goalkeeper against the penalty taker. That's just really, really good at footy. If you give them any inkling, their ability in small spaces around the football means that you you give any body movement anyway ahead of time they're going to put it in the other corner because that's how good they are Sancho showed why you don't throw yourself in because you create panic when you start throwing yourself in and a really good footballer lives for them or they come alive in their moments like he's been doing Jaden Sancho's been doing that to people since he was five years old people are desperate to tackle him so they're throwing everything at him left right and centre and he'll just dance around them and stick it in but Virgil should just be Another closer. foot closer to him. You're narrowing the angle down. You, you, you're reducing the space that he's got to actually hit. It is unmissable. It's an unmissable I, chance I, because Virgil's yeah, not close. I completely to him. agree with you. My, and this is this has done my head in for a few years now. Is when this is all happening, Virgil's putting his hands behind his back, and I'm like, now get closer, get closer. Don't worry about fucking hands behind your back. Shit. Well, just go go and get go and get the ball. Well, yeah, I know. But <laughs> the, back, the, I mean? the hands behind the back, and that's what's been left. But like. You've got to because if it if he if he puts his hands out if his hands are just even normally by his side they give penalties for all kinds of shit don't they so that's been that's been a, that's been three or four year process of defenders changing I, I don't, how they, how yeah they, they do them. and I disagree with it I I I just don't think they should I think they should get themselves balanced better yeah. you know and unfortunately to be, to balance and to get yourself into a better position you do yeah. need to put your arms but out a little bit the thing about it is it's it's all if he's a foot closer what he does is right because he sticks his leg out he goes the right way to block it but he's not close enough to, to narrow the angle down. If he's a foot closer, it, it hits his knee and probably goes wide, but he does just... He, he's getting the things wrong. Let me just but finish my point. On, yeah. the, on the arms behind the back, if you're crossing the ball and someone's got an arm behind the back, what do you know they're doing? Trying to block. 
Yeah. They're not going to tackle. It's a fucking giveaway for a start. It is. Nobody the, goes for a tackle like that because yeah. you can't. Yeah. Just put the arms behind your back and feel the position on your shoulders. Yeah. You, you just can't do it. So you're telling them that you're going to stand still. Yeah. And that's a fucking really bad thing on a football field where these lads can control the ball as well as they do. It does, but it, but but then can I you get your leg out anywhere near as high and as easily with your arms behind your back as with an arm. True. No, you can't. But. You can't do any of that. So if you're stood there, nowhere near play with your arms behind your back, he knows he can knock it into the bottom corner. I disagree on the point with the, on the Virgil thing because I think that how good he is is he's 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 telling he's telling Sancho. Look at all the space you can put it in, but I know that I can get to it. But I say, but the point is, he can't because his positioning's wrong. He's fine. Put your arms behind your back all day. Virgil reaches out, is and he does get a fucking great all distance with that leg. That's his his, his tactic for doing he, it. He doesn't. He gets about a foot. He gets about a foot. He, he lifts his leg up slightly and gets about a foot away. Uh, uh, yeah, he uh, does. And and the, and the, like, think about how many times you've seen crosses when the lads are there and they're just inside the penalty area and they just turn back on them and cross the ball in with the left foot instead because yeah. you're telling them that that's all you're going to do. Yeah. You've got to give them a reason to think you could do anything. Yeah. And that's that's when that's when they get in their own head. What? But the thing with Virgil, the penalty of Fulham's in his head. I think, and I think that's one of the major issues there because he's been he's been done like a kipper by Mitrovic, and that we then saw that again. I think against Crystal Palace, I think he's he's, he's doubling down on not engaging, and I don't think that's what we need right now. We could do with him being a little bit more, doing a bit more defending, doing a bit more active defending. Okay. But then, of course, what will happen is he'll do that, and you know someone will play that, and then it'll be the wrong decision. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with just you've you've just got to kind of ride it out, and it doesn't feel very nice for us to say because we've got this adage around our head of uh, repeating the same process and expecting different results is madness, all that kind of stuff. But there are also cases where. Sometimes you just have to trust the process, and you've got to I, stick with what you. I, I think what, what he's doing. done there is, I think he thinks he's covered that near po- uh, the near post off, yeah. and I I don't think that's something that I think that's something goalkeepers have a lot better. The goal he's got to cover because he doesn't know Allison. Well, Allison's dived because Milner's thrown himself in, which is hence the panic thing that you mentioned before. Yeah. When someone throws the body on the line like that, the keeper's got to go because yeah. uh, the the panic set in with them. But goalkeepers are brilliant at knowing where the goal is, and as a centre half, I don't think it's quite as easy. And, yeah. and, and you know, he's in the wrong position. Full stop. Yeah. I just didn't think Milner's been forced to do that because I was that's why he's berating Virgil Van Dijk because he's like well, he's trying to like, show. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's trying to do that. So I think that's a good of him, but he shouldn't be in that position where he has to he's do. He's do so. But also on the flip side, I get it creates panic. But Martinez did it at the other end and blocked the ball. Yeah, no, look again. It's fine. You know, again, there's times and places for it, but. If you, 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 this tackle, you're not, he's not close enough to Sancho to do that. Yeah. He's literally just trying to block a shot. Yeah. That's like diving. You know what I mean? Like diving to save a shot is what he's done there. He's not. He's not. He's not. It's, a, it's not a block tackle in the mm. same in the same way. But when doing that, you're right. Milner's done that to make a point because he's right. He's seen because Trent's not running because Trent should be blocking the post as well. If, if Trent actually just continues yeah. his uh, sprint yeah. the whole way, Mate, he could have walked there. Yeah, yeah. genuinely. <laughs> and and so Milner's forced to be like. What Milner is at this point now, you know, it's all, yeah, exactly. It's all it's all experience now from James Milner. He's not, you know, he's it, it, his better days are behind him as a footballer. But his desire and his and his willingness to work and his want to, he knows what he wants to be doing. I bet he wishes. I bet he wishes he could swap bodies with Trent Alexander Arnold right now. <coughs> and he's like, you know, like I, the career I'd have if I had you, if I had what you've got right now. It's one of those things, isn't it? But he's try he's tried to make a point to Virgil and probably to Trent. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And, but in doing so, he's gone to, he's gone to, Fucking far. He should just really just, but it, yeah, he's again over conversation, whatever. Shite. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll. I, do, I, I do think though that he buys he buys the rest of the lads' time, and that's the other thing, mm. you know. Because Sancho, if he doesn't, Sancho does shoot. Now, now you does, does Alisson save it? Who knows? But you've got if someone goes down like that, the other lad should be thinking he's cutting back. But also, yeah. he's on his right foot. If Milner doesn't go to the ground like that, so Sancho is probably forced to take the shot on his right foot into that corner where Alisson's diving, and Alisson maybe saves it. Milner doing that gives Sancho no choice but to come back exactly. Into the open, into exactly the open exactly my yeah. point. Yeah. He comes back to two lads who yeah. should be there, yeah. but they're not. <laughs> but they're not, so Milner's fourth done the wrong thing because they're not there. No, no, the two lads have done the wrong thing because they're not there. Because they've seen what James Milner's done. But they're you, not you, there, so Milner's done the wrong thing. No, because you force him one to the other. <laughs> but if Milner doesn't do that, you're berating Milner for not doing anything. Oh no, I'm not saying Milner does nothing. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, saying yeah, you know. Yeah. But again, we're, we're, we're talking around in circles on this. You know, it's it's a it's, it's a chicken and egg. Milner, it's it's it goes back to is Milner trying to prove a point to them because. By basically, he's just shepherded Jaden Sancho into the, effectively into the goal, into an open part of the goal. We can debate whether Trent should be there and, and Virgil Van Dijk should be a yard further forward, but they're not. So he's effectively shepherded them, shepherded Sancho, Sancho into the easiest way to finish the, the strike. Strike again. It doesn't fucking matter. They're all shite. Um, <laughs> couple of super chats before we take a quick break. Uh, Connor. Been a member for 26 months, says, uh, win, lose, or draw, you'll never walk alone. Absolutely, mate. Um, Rabadam says, is the right midfielder available yet? <laughs> we'll definitely chat about that in a sec. Um, Josh Owens says, groundwork has cut through the electric cable at work, so I got sent home on the bright side. I can watch the podcast live for a change. Hey! You. Did there you do you something naughty? That's not being naughty. You're fine. Did <laughs> no, you no, do it? Yeah. Did you cut through the cable? Uh, and Rachel Todd says, RIP Olivia. Absolutely. Um, right, okay, short break, and then we're going to talk about what the hell Liverpool do next. 
Hey guys, it's nearly the end of August, which means we will soon be doing our Club Legend prize draw. This month's prize is this amazing framed, signed, shared by none other than Liverpool's European Cup winning captain, Mr. Phil Thompson. If you want to be involved in this prize draw, all you got to do is be a Club Legend subscriber on Red Men Plus. If you've never been over to Red Men Plus before, do check it out. Sign up for Club Legends. You'll get access to our Discord chat. You get free merch, you get discounted merch, and of course, entry into this competition. If you're a Club captain over on Redmen Plus, do upgrade to Club Legends and you too will be in the prize draw. Time is running out, so go and do it. Go and do it now. Hey, welcome back. Um, yeah, I mentioned before, got a great competition prize if you want to win a signed Phil Thompson 77 uh, European Cup shirt, then join as a club legend on Redmen Plus. Uh, one of the reasons why I mention it, and I've seen a few people who've, who've joined up in the last week, um, social media is so horrifically toxic during the transfer window and doubly so when Liverpool aren't winning football matches. We've got a wonderful, wonderful community of people over on our Discord, our club legend Discord. So, if you want to um, join in with all those people, then yeah, if you become a club legend, you get entered into that competition prize, but you also get to join a wonderful community of like-minded, sensible, and look, not to say like And you blinded. can be in a Redmen show. And you can even be in your own show. Yeah, the club legends have got their own show on Redmen Plus as well. Um, so yeah, plenty of perks. But yeah, really at the moment, it's nice to just have a little gang of dead sound people you can just have a chat with and, and get some of your fears and stuff out the way they've been a, a massive help a massive help to us um, and I also uh, what I've found is a really great useful tool is actually just like doing prep for shows and having conversations around things so yeah it's, it's boss it's really good so yeah if you go to redmenplus.com uh, and join up uh, you can become a club legend get in the discord get on a show uh, and get entered into boss competitions and get free merchandise as well loads of loads of extra perks as well as all the boss content um, yeah, big week, big week looming because the way I described it was there's a huge call to be made from Liverpool this week. They're either going to buy someone or they're not going to buy someone. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's a huge call. Um, it, I'm leaning increasingly more towards the case of I, I can't see how they, they can't go into the transfer market here. But you know, all the mutterings, all the talk is that, and yet you know, Yankov made a big point about it of like. Just not how Liverpool do things, you know. We get set, we get set our budgets. We work to our budgets, and we live, we live with our budgets. It would be if they're going to do something, it would be a bit of an un, an un Liverpool move, I think, to make a to make a big move for for a player between now and the end of the transfer window, um, because of all this talk of it's got to be the right player, it's got to be the right player. I can't imagine how the right player is available with four days or five days left of the transfer window. Not that you couldn't physically offer the money for it, but what we never consider is what happens next. What do the club do? And, you know, if, it's like Coutinho. Liverpool should have sold Coutinho to Barcelona because he didn't want to play for us. He wants to play for Barcelona. But Liverpool refused to sell Coutinho because there was no one they felt they could spend the money on in January, that, in, in, sorry, in September or August that made it a worthwhile move. Yeah, I mean, it is on Liverpool, but two years ago we did it, you know, when we did the centre-halves. Now, the problem, I think, for Klopp is, I think it was 10 days after he came out and started talking about needing centre-halves that we get through Ben Davies and Ozan Kabak. Now, the problem we've got is that was a really failed experiment in some yes. ways um, because Ozan Kabak wasn't good enough to, to sign and Ben Davies didn't play. Um, 
So there's proof if you need it of it's got to be the right type of players. Jürgen essentially used those two moves, I believe, to wait to get Canate, mm -hmm. which was his number one target yeah. for the centre-back position. Could we see something similar again? Oh, I'd be really shocked if we did. I can't imagine us getting a loan deal in for a full season at this point, um, which then leads me to the only option that might work is a signing. And if they've already told me that they know who they like and the the players that they like aren't available, then that makes you think that they're not going to sign anybody because they're not going to buy the wrong player yeah. or a risky player. That being said, I would absolutely fucking sign somebody to play in the middle of the park for us. Yeah, I completely agree on that. And, <laughs> and there's a couple of names which we'll come to in a second. There are potentials, but because my point, my point forever on this is that. Where I came down on this was at post match. Was you not at the moment? What Liverpool need to buy is better than Thiago. They need to buy Thiago, but a Thiago can play fifty games a season. Or they need to buy an upgrade on on prime Jordan Henderson, someone who can who can play loads of games, but can play a, can play a six, can play an eight, and has got a good a good range of passing or whatever in them. Like a brilliant engine. When everyone's fit, you need that. Um, at the moment. We need to buy someone who's better than James Milner and Harvey Elliott, which I think is a much easier thing to do. And Cater and Ox. Sure. <coughs> yeah. But, so, but but not at the moment, because they're both injured. You know, we, we need to... because they're, they're, For right now. Yeah. For right now, we need to buy someone who's better than James Milner, really, to come, in, to come into that team. But their point is, in two or three weeks' time, you might not, because Milner, Milner will go back to what he is in the squad, and that's a lad who plays five minutes at the end of football matches and a, and a couple of games at right back in the cup so I, I appreciate the awkwardness of it if we really want someone good though they've got to be for me if our team is built around Thiago we need to buy another Thiago who the fuck's another Thiago is my is my is my concern on, on all summer I've been all right with the. We've got eight midfielders, so it'll be fine. And I've banged on about five subs all summer. So those those players that we all thought were going to be injured at some point won't get injured at the same time. We've got five subs, so we can help manage the the, the minutes and even some of the, the the Fabinho, Henderson, maybe even James Milner to some extent, all, all get injured at some point. I, th I thought it would be fine, but I think people are just getting to the point now where you just don't want to be in the same position in a couple of months' time of being in the same situation if we, if we don't buy someone. I also understand that you probably have to get rid of a navigator and Oxlade-Chamberlain before you bring someone else in because if you don't sell those players then they're sat there doing nothing, which is the case anyway because they're both injured. But they're hard to get off the books they sell them for cheaper money or, or whatever else. But I made the point on the final word. What happens next summer? Nabi won't get a new contract. Ox won't get a new contract. James Milner might retire. Jordan Henderson's a year older. So do you need someone who's better than Thiago and better than Fabinho? Yes, probably. But you could argue the case for both because in 12 months' time, you're going to need three midfielders. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, 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 that's, that's, that's where it feels a little odd that we've not bought another one in yeah. this summer. My, my big concern at the moment is probably more around, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for short-term game over long-term game. I think Liverpool might focus a little too much on long-term game, mm -hmm. if I'm being perfectly honest with we've you. We've bought long-term. Yeah. In Carvalho and Elliot, we've and, and Jones, where yeah. people think of it, we've medium, got our long-term. Me, medium to long then. I think, you know, what Liverpool needs to do is stop wasting seasons where this team is capable of winning league titles. Yeah. You know, we saw that two years ago. We, saw, we, we look like we could be heading for another one of them now. You know, you don't know how well the team gels, the next evolution of the team. You've, I think it's easy sometimes to go, right, we've got to make sure that we're all right for the next five years. Brilliant, I get that. You've got to win now. Yeah. 
Because winning now is what keeps you in the job to be able to win in five years' time yeah. or to be able to keep the players at your football club. Because if you don't win now and you drop out of Champions League to keep the players, yeah. there's most there's most Salah hanging around with no Champions League. Does anyone actually think that? And I don't think Liverpool aren't going to get Champions League. What I'm saying is focus on now as well yeah. because it, quite easily time fucking flies by and you're the, gone. The problem is is that when you've had a system that worked and I the, because the thing with this is I, I your point is sound but it's one of those points that you hear shouted a lot when... I don't think it, and I'm not saying you don't take this into consideration because I know you do, but it, it doesn't, it very rarely accounts for, it's like Klopp said, didn't he? He's like, well, look, the way we do it has got us to where we are. We can't say any other approach would have given us more or less. It stands to logical reason that when you add more footballers, it gives you a better chance of doing more and more things. But there's, it feels like how we do things is run on a f- such fucking fine margins. Like we're always, we always have to be at, right on the ragged edge of everything. And if we get a, a if we, if we get, we can get the occasional transfer wrong. But if we start getting multiple transfers wrong, then it fucks the whole enterprise. And I, so that's why I, again, I, I'm understanding of the of the fears about spunking loads of money on on lads unless they know. There's a reason we buy Thiago. Instead of buying the next Thiago, is because you know there's a, they've taken a gamble on it on on the the original on the on the original and best, but it feels mad. It feels it feels very very because right. again I can't I just can't fault the base logic of this because if if we bought another centre half in COVID season in the summer where we all said we were a centre half short, that would have maybe seen us through. But nobody knows what that centre half was. It could have been Kabak. And then we couldn't get Canate, exactly. and then all, and that's the problem that we've got because it is shoestring, but maybe not shoestring, but tight. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't have that ability to make mistakes, it's... and I understand that. But you've got like as I say, you've got to win now because mm. if you don't, it, it harms the long term even more. Yeah, I just yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, 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 I hate feeling like I have to make, like the, go to bat for. Go, this, this is why people think I'm in the fucking ownership's pocket. But, but, but going into make, going into a season when stuff. Thiago is the crux of what you're trying to do and not having a ready-made replacement, and, I, and what I mean is we've got lads who are ten years younger than him, but they're not ready-made to go if he's injured. That seems a little bit nuts to me. Well, we've well, Naby Keita's there, isn't he? And again, I don't, without going nowhere to Naby Keita. Last season, we balanced them both pretty well as that. Naby's the first understudy for the midfield, and he's most the most available he's been for Liverpool in his entire Liverpool career. And the same goes with Jordan Henderson on the other side. So I can appreciate that they've obviously... They've, it's not, they've not gone... It isn't all on Thiago, is it? They've obviously got... They feel that between Thiago and asked, Naby... If you asked 100 Liverpool fans... Would you give Naby Keita a new contract? Half of them would say yes and half would say no, roughly speaking. Mm-hmm. Which tells me that actually he's probably not an adequate replacement for Thiago. Because half the lads think he's not very good and half think he's all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think if you'd said to Liverpool but fans, you're going to give Salah a contract, 99% of those Liverpool fans would say yeah, because Salah's quite clearly having a huge impact oh, God, yeah, every yeah. single week but on what Liverpool. Does that, what does that mean? So like, that if, means that I don't think we did have a ready-made replacement for, Nabi, for Thiago if he goes out. Because Naby Keita's a good player and I like him when he's in the side and he has got thingy, but he hasn't had a good Liverpool career. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would 
suggest that he has to be honest with you. I don't think he's been like when he, he runs games of football he has good games as they all do but he doesn't run the game like Thiago does he doesn't oh God, see yeah. things that nobody else can see on the football field and when you are changing to try and thread the balls through to the strikers and Trent's changes position Robert you need those clever players who are going to run the game who are going to be able to take the game by the scruff of the neck Keita's not a game by the scruff of the neck kind of player mm-hmm. and, and maybe Harvey Elliott is and maybe Carvalho becomes that as well I, I don't know but like for me it's it's not just he's a completely different style for but a start cater to Thiago can I just ask just to move this on though is this making is this for or against what Liverpool's process is for buying a midfielder Both. because because it, you can't get a Thiago which means you needed to do it two years ago but we bought him two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but you need to have his next one ready as well. And that's what Liverpool are trying to do. They're trying to balance the short and the long. Yeah. But I don't think they put enough on the short right now. So. I, on that, just go back to my point before. Say we, we wait and we go for Jude Bellingham next season, next summer. What's that, £100 million? And Keita doesn't sign a contract and Oxley Chamberlain leaves and James Milner retires. Then what? Then, then you, you still need people to replace, you know, Keita's quality and then... Whatever you well, to, to again, spend, I, I spent two hundred million the pounds on midfielders. Trying to trying to define where Liverpool's midfield is in in a year is is the path to madness because there's there's too many unknowns over all of that. So I don't know. I can't tell you what Elliot looks like after a season of first team football. Yeah, but I think there's I think the same ones that there won't be here next that season. You can say won't be here to the point you try. Oh to no, no, without without now. without a doubt, without a doubt, but. For example, but our concerns are over the fitness and, re- and availability of our first team midfielders who are all in the region of 30 years yeah. old. But I, what I'm saying is I, I, Liverpool have clearly bought Harvey Elliott with a, with a, a position in mind. They've bought Carvalho with a position in mind. They've kept Curtis Jones on. I mean, when it looks like he probably could have done with a Premier League loan, they clearly think there's something something in there. There's no way Steven Gerrard wouldn't have bitten your hand off for a, a year of Curtis Jones on loan mm. if, he was, if he was going. Which might have helped his development. So let's and again, if you're if we're in the hypothetical world where you've brought Jude Bellingham in, well, the idea is that he should be a he should be a fifty season, fifty game a season player. So therefore, you've got him for being you know, Henderson, Thiago, Elliot, Carvalho, who are all. You've got a few who are injury prone, but you've got a couple more lads who are potentially still 50, who are now fifty game a season players on top. It's probably less of a pressing. It's less of a pressing issue in that regard because if you, you what, and this is why you buy a player who's better than what you've got. Because you, the thing about buying Bellingham is he just reduces Thiago's time on the pitch. That's what you want, and that's what where we're between the devil and the deep blue sea is. When and people go, well, he want we wanted Chumani and didn't get him, so why we've not gone for someone because. And I don't know enough about how he plays or whatever. But if you're gonna replace Henderson, Fabinho, or Thiago, then they need to be as good as football as they are, or better. Because maybe we need more goals from midfield as well. I think we'd all agree that. So you've got to do that, but you've got to be ten goals a season as well. Fucking hell! There's your your margins of your pools are getting shallower and shallow. They've got to be able to withstand the physical regime of being under Klopp, but also playing in the Premier League on top, shorter, 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 shorter. And then while you're doing this as well, every other football club on the planet wants this player, so value goes bigger, bigger, bigger. And the the, the less there are, the more valuable something becomes. So this is why we end up with, and again, it's why you why you t- you wait for Allison, you wait for Van Dyke, you wait for Canate, and you go for Thiago is because the ta- the talent costs a fucking lot of money. The question and it, but again this is what we boil down to it, I don't think it's possible to buy it might well, it might be someone might be able to do this but you <clears throat> you need to get that transfer right. 
that needs to be a, you, you need to get one of your midfielders right you might be able to fudge it on one or on one or two others but the more you fudge it the, the problem more you is end up with we, we're going to need to spend pages. to be better than Jordan Henderson to be better than James Milner to better than Harvey Elliott you need to spend 50 million quid like when Anthony Gordon's probably not get better than any of them and go for 45 50 60 million whatever it is that's a that's not a small chunk of change is it so you you've you've to do that, to get someone who's just a bit better or maybe on the level of the others, you've spent half your Bellingham money. Yeah. And that's the that's the quandary that Liverpool are in right now, the is problem. that it's so expensive. That hundred million for Bellingham looks cheap. Yeah. To my, be quite honest my, with you. My big issue on with, with all of this though, by the way, is was when we we're sat here defending the budget. Liverpool have spent fuck all for years. We've we've had a our net spend has been has been pretty nominal in in Klopp's time. I think it's like what 150 million over seven years or something like that, which is madness. This doesn't take into account, by the way, how our wage bills grown, which no one ever talks about. Because I would suspect our wage bills doubled in that time, yeah. which is hundreds. It's of probably million. close to 300 percent. Yeah, it's hundreds and hundreds of millions, you know, more every year, which is which is obviously a factor. So it's not like we're tight, but there, it would be nice to have a summer where we do go. Where we where we are, we we spend above, well above what we bring in, you know. So there's an eight, there's there's there is fifty million or eighty million on top of what we what we've brought in. The occasional summer doing that is how you do, I think, kick on a little bit. Or you've got to find, you've got to continue to find gems or whatever. But and the issue with that is the teams are doing it. You know, where Arsenal, I've spent a lot of money in the past two or three seasons. They're getting investigated now. Yeah, they are. They're on your yeah, hit list, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, well, FIFA's, I can't yeah, remember. There's a couple of Premier League clubs that are in there, but to the point that they get, they're getting better, they're improving. So therefore, when you play them, it becomes harder. It becomes harder when you play midfield like that. When you come against Arsenal, yeah. Tottenham are the same. Chelsea are a, bit, are, are a bit hit and miss, but there's other clubs within the league that are improving and getting better. Newcastle showed that you can give Man City a game. Every, fo- every football club owns injury-prone footballers. You know what I mean? And they'll all get them when we're playing two games a week for the next three months. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just just. Again, just to just to play devil's advocate on it, you know, and again, this idea of us owning loads. Look, ugh, every football, every one of those other football teams is still playing catch up with Liverpool and City. So you know, and, and it's much easier to do that, and that's why it's easier for Man United to win that game on Monday if, with all the extenuating circumstances around it, because they're trying to fucking they're just they're just trying to engineer a win against Liverpool. Liverpool don't engineer wins against football teams. Liverpool have a style that can beat everyone, and that's that's where they're at. Whereas my, my, all these teams. And now where we were at in the first season or two under Klopp, where we could beat every, one team, every couple, like, every, yeah, exactly. Every other week we could go right. Fuck it, we're, we're going to Man City away. We're going to go to four three three for this game. We're going to play Roberto Firmino in a false nine. What the fuck is he doing Walk here? Away four one winners or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. I said this might to lose next week. Yeah, other yeah, draw, yeah. and then they'll win a couple, and then they'll lose a couple. So where, where are we? Oh, sorry, on who's signing the midfielder in this window? What do you mean? Who's, are you signing the midfielder in this window? Yeah. I, 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 and I could because they're not being cleared on return dates for footballers. I am worried that there's some of them are out for a lot longer than than, than we do because normally it just be it's two weeks and they'll be back. You know what I mean? They'd be quite flippant about it. I um, I look I look at who's around, who's potentially available for a transfer this summer, and that is Frankie De Jong, Yuri Tielemans. James Madison, people might be able to throw a couple of names out, out there. Telemans' price has just gone down to about 15 Throughout million about as well. I, I mean, and I see a lot of people going, oh, he's not good enough. I, 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 I'd not watched enough of him, but when I was paying attention to him a year or so ago, I thought he was quite impressive. I think Leicester have, Leicester have turned shit, which I don't think helps their whole, their whole enterprise. Is he better but, than Ox? 
But yeah, but but Ox is our ninth choice midfielder. And you don't. So I don't think that, it is, again. It's just to go back to the awkwardness of it all. It's Yuri. Does Yuri Tielemans want to come in and be Liverpool's eighth or ninth choice midfielder? I've the you that you won't be. No, I know, boss, but that's that's fucking great. But you've got an opportunity, though. You you have got an opportunity to get yourself into the sides. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, you have. I no, mean, yeah, you, you have you, for the next fucking two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we but we don't know how long. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the but point, again, isn't it? Playing two games a week, you have five subs. You have. There's so much football to yeah. play. Yeah. And you can get yourself if you can get yourself above Ox in the squads, and yeah. uh, you know you get you get an opportunity. So the season again going to next season if Milner goes, if Kater goes, well, there's two places that you can go. Yeah, no, it would be fucking it, worth. It, it, I'm a hundred percent signing someone this window. Yeah, and I, and I'll leave it up to them. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, again, hopefully there's other players outside outside of that little bubble. Because again, Barella's been linked quite a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's fucking fanciful. That I think that's out of, that's just a. Yeah, Chris Klopp said something nice about him once, and it just good about Nunes. We bought him, Paul. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> people trolling through the list of, of, of footballers. The Klopp's once name dropped in a press conference, but the there's players there. I don't know where they fit. I don't know whether James Madison could play in a Liverpool midfield. I mean, he'll get a game <laughs> because we're so short of footballers. I don't know where, where he plays in the midfield today. I'd have gone for Christian Eriksen in the summer as well. But also, and I, I guarantee there's a lot of people who were like, we should have gone in midfield, we should have got Christian Eriksen. The man was literally dead a year ago. And we're concerned about what the fitness of Naby Keita and fucking Oxley Chamberlain. Like, fuck me. You know what I mean? So on the balance of fucking risk, there's fuck, that one of the one of the stupidest decisions Liverpool could have made. Um, and ironically, poor Genie's just broke his leg. He was the one that always the throwback, wasn't it? But again, it, it which, which I think gives you a gives you an idea of the difficulties of all of this stuff. You know, we're just in a mad spell of getting injuries. The fear is you, you do what we did when we did the, we brought the defenders in, and they both got fucking injured as well. The thing is, though, I think if, if what I like is if you sign someone, they haven't gone through our pre-season, so they're less likely to get injured. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the one thing that all of our lads have got in common here, Paul. They yeah, played yeah. for us last season, and they, they went through pre-season. They went through fucking quadruple last year, and they're all mentally and physically. Yeah, you might dead. need someone who's just played less games. Is yeah. that just the answer? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's that. But like the the, the young thing is very much like Saul Niguez last summer, where yeah, he's brilliant by all accounts. I couldn't. I Watching week in week out, what the little bits I've seen, and yeah, I think he'd be perfect for Liverpool's midfield. But what 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 does he hear a week? Yeah. You know, are you bringing in? Are, are we nothing, like, Paul? The young guy. Does he want? Does he? You know, is he is he a three hundred grand a week footballer? Probably because that's where it is. What whether he's getting paid that or not, imagine so that's fucking what trying to run says. Liverpool Football Club, man. It would be so goddamn difficult, wouldn't it? I mean, like just the wages is just astronomical, and it's getting worse every year. You know, you, you you're almost like you're spinning your wheels commercially just to feed the team essentially yeah. each and every week, and then you've got to think about 100 million pound for players and stuff like that. I I don't know how they do it to be honest with you, because I think you need a rocket. You need to be a rocket scientist just to balance the book of a yeah. football club never mind to get into the analytics and the, all the all the work behind the scenes that they do it's absolutely scandalous and we just sit here and go let's just sign a midfielder no exactly this is the thing about this all is that we're the only team that's come close to stopping Man City come close and we've done it this way there's a every football club is trying to copy our model by the way yeah, all these other ones they're going two ways they're either trying to they're, either, they're trying to find a, a, a shake or a, an oil state to pay bottomless money towards it or they're trying to find a self-sustaining business model like Liverpool have got Liverpool are the absolute fucking idol of all these other football clubs because of how they've, how they've managed to do it the problem is is that it, 
it might not work forever. Mm-hmm. And how and being at the top is a lot harder than getting the, the, yeah, the chase because you've as we said this, you got the margin for error, you get to write it off. Oh well, never mind. You get to cut, get to get caught up in the exciting top four battle instead of this inexorable, miserable battle for seconds where you, you're expected to win the league, but it might not be possible because it just might all not football be. clubs, let's not forget this, are supposed to spend what they've earned. Liverpool are spending what they're earning. Yeah. You know, they're spending ninety or eighty percent of it is on the wages of the first team lads. Yeah. You know, and that's that they're the lads that you have to pay, unfortunately. Um and FSG aren't taking money out of the club, as far as I'm aware. If anyone can tell me differently, tell me now because give him a ring. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I wish I had his number, I'd be asking for a midfielder. Um but like so we're being ran really, really, really well. We just want a little bit more. Yeah. That's it. Look, I'm greedy. Fuck six, look at me. I, I just want one more. I just want seconds. You know what I mean? I just want another pudding. It's yeah. fine. Uh, you know. It doesn't help that, like, you know, City starts the season reasonably well. We just lost to Manchester United. So it now feels, everyone, it feels like Man United are fixed and Liverpool are fucked because that's just how it feels whenever you have those games. Like, it's like, like it's an all deciding fixture or whatever. Arsenal have, are getting themselves back together again. Ultimately, it'll all shake out, and Liverpool will probably finish in the top two this season again, barring a deepening and even further deepening injury crisis. But it goes back to this point: the next three games for Liverpool are fucking huge. I'd Bournemouth, say this weekend must win. Yeah, absolutely. Bournemouth, Newcastle, Evan. By the time Everton comes around, at least our Nunes will be back. And it's can we get anyone else back? And moreover, can the lads who are still around and available can they dig us out the? That diggers out the shit. Can we do something in these next couple of games just just to get a couple of wins on the board? It's for the psychological side of it as much as and can Liverpool find a, a player of suitable quality that fits what they're doing in the in the transfer? That, that, just one more one more quick point on, on what I was thinking earlier and I forgot to mention. There is a psychological thing to when you are in the weeds essentially and, and you're seeing people drop like flies. Like just a body might just help give everybody a little bit of a lift at this point because like I think they're sort of like. Oh, Fucking hell, we're just but, losing men over and but over it's gotta again. Be a, but this is the point. It's got to be a good body because you does, walk into the action and they go, "Hey, wow, hey, you're great, aren't you?" And then they pass the ball to him. And, and they do like, what they do what the legends did with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. We've made, we've made a sub, but we have passed the ball to him. We're not passing the ball to him again. Exactly. Of course, it has to be exactly. a good body. And again, it goes back to well, yeah. If you say it goes without saying, but it does have to be said because this notion not of to like, people in the football club. No, 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 no. not yeah, exactly not to within it, but from out, people outside the football club. This like you're right. I agree. Get one more in. Gives everyone a lift. You bring them in, and the fucking rubbish at the job. Then. You don't want to become Man United or Everton, where you just where you just sign them in the field a shout. It's just by anyone give them loads of wages and, and the shite, yeah. and then you stop. Well, that's just what I'm, this is. That is my whole point: is yeah. that that's that's how you start to to bring the house of cards down. Because if you've got a lad who's on ridiculous wages and he's not good enough, then you and then you need to improve. You then reach to the pot and the pot's empty because the pot's being pissed away on some guy who's not even good enough to get in your team. And then, you know, again, you're right. And we say, is, is, can you buy someone better than Ox? The disrespect on Alex Oxley chamber at times, I think, is absolutely fucking shocking. He's a, he's good enough to play in Liverpool's midfield, and he's good enough to play in the front three. And I don't mean week in week out. I just mean that you can play him in the midfield, and he doesn't cost you games of football. In fact, he can help you win games of football. 
I think that gets on un- that gets undersold sometimes as to how how good that level actually is. I think a lot of it is his availability. I know last season. No, he's I know, I know. Was, Look, I'm not. We're not. We're not, we're not doing this anymore. Actually, we're, we're done. We're, we're wrapped. Okay. But that's the thing is that. Just the final point on all this is that, yeah. We no, let him finish his point, come on. It's the same point we've been making No, it's not. It's, it's what but if he played, he was involved in 32 games last season. He was on the bench for a whole lot more, yeah. but then he's injured again. And, yeah. and he's just a, a victim of everything you just said there when you don't win games of football. We play crap and you're pointing fingers at people. I think he, he's one that gets it. But I just I think that you can improve on him. That's not. No, you can. That doesn't mean you can't. Course, that's not slagging him off. You can improve on every footballer. Yeah. But I, what I all my point I'm making generally is we've got a, this wide ranging disrespect towards a lot of our footballers for some for, for some fucking mad reason. None of us really can gauge how good these lads are anymore because we've got some of the best in the world. Everyone else falls a little bit short. Was again what you this want is squad players are very capable of performing. Is for. I think I think sometimes we we do do that. Do do, um, just to bring the tone down slightly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Lovely, um, but a rising tide kind of floats all boats, doesn't it? And I think you can bring a player into Liverpool and they can improve as well, and they can look better than they did for another football club. It's picking that player, isn't it? You yeah. know, that's the that's the difficulty. It's why Michael Edwards is so revered at Liverpool, or was so revered at Liverpool, is because he could pick the right player and yeah. th- that would improve. And Jurgen's a great coach, and we've got great coaches around him. It's not a, by any means, quick process. I think that's the one thing that I think that we as fans get completely wrong, is I think we're talking 18 months minimum on on looking at a player before we sign them, but probably closer to around about the two year mark. Mm-hmm. And this is when, and that's when you make the mistakes. It's, if you start to speed up that timeline and you don't do your due diligence and yeah. you don't see everything that you and need to see. how often are we linked with players and we go, God, we should definitely go and get him. And then, you don't, and goes, oh, I can't believe we didn't get him. And they never go on to do anything better than the level that Liverpool. Timo Werner is a really a, a great example of someone who, like, if forty million, it seemed like an absolute bargain and a complete no-brainer, and yet Liverpool just weren't there for what, him what's after Nabil, being what, linked for what's two Nabil years. Fakir, what's Nabil Fakir done? Yeah. Since Saul, yeah. was he the, was he the Saul, one? Saul, yeah. the one. There's, uh, the, uh, the, the, the there's loads of them. The graveyard's littered with players that Liverpool didn't sign, and and not many of them go on to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, the other rush Liverpool have got now is. It's like going to fucking Carvery five minutes before it closes. You just left with fucking scraps and shite that you don't want. Because mm-hmm. to, to your point, if there is someone who's actually out there who's starting games in midfield for a, for a quality side. They're not selling them a week before the window shuts. Yeah, and look, it's all, and this is what I'm saying. It's very easy for us to go fucking just sort it out, Liverpool. Go and get it. Go and bully people. Go and do whatever. Yeah, cool. You know, be be brilliant. You go and be someone needs to go and be brilliant at their job here this week. Brilliant, like outside the box, fucking exceptional. If they're gonna get something done. But, if you, but again, that's what it boils down to. They'll go, if we can do that, great. If we can't, then they will shrug their shoulders and get on with it. And, cl- and there's no better manager and coaching team and club to just get on and deal with making the best of the situation that they're facing because we've been doing that for seven years now. Yeah. And it's actually yielded a lot of really good results. And again, I again I can't fault that logic of if only we'd just, if only we'd just, if only we'd just. It's the odd told you so people are, that are coming out now because it's they said well, a lot of it we've all said it all summer you said it at the start of the show we all said it throughout the summer once the midfielder yeah. if I look at yeah, uh, I, yeah Liverpool's Liverpool's option for me honestly is they go and get the midfielder that they want and they pay over the odds and I think that might be the safest bet it's just whether you can actually afford to be able to do that like everybody's got a price what is the price for this summer for Jude Bellingham we were very very nice we probably had a conversation with you you told us it wasn't allowed right what's the price and who is available because we're paying it what if Jude Bellingham's price is 200 million 
buy Ox, buy Naby, buy someone, try and get about 30 million through the door well, for here's them. All his injured, <laughs> here's, here's all these broken biscuits in our pocket, like you mean, yeah, and, and 100 what million. What does that buy? Yeah. I know 100 million. Do you like this watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, uh, we'll sell you 25% of our TV revenues over the next uh, years. Oh, it's Christ, fine, yeah. you know what I mean? Get down the Barcelona model. Yes. No, I, 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 Liverpool either buy the person that they want, or Liverpool don't buy anyone is where I think, but Liverpool need to buy someone, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if there was a player who's a, who's a little bit on the edge of like he's probably he might he's probably good enough, but he might but he's somewhere in between. I don't know who that is. You know, again, we, like Octavia was linked a few weeks ago, but I think that was all eight. That was all eight <laughs> for half an hour. Yeah, yeah, but it was all eight. But it was all eight yeah. talk. That's like what pretty much Manchester United's transfer strategy all summer, isn't it? Go and yeah. buy Yuri Tielemans. If he's not good enough, there'll be another club in the Premier League who'll take him off your hands. It's a safe. It's a safe bet, that isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jason Super Chat says, "What's annoying me most is that United will probably go and lose to Southampton on Saturday because they're shocking." Yeah, they will. They're a team. They're a team that's starting from year zero and building up. They'll be they'll they'll have inconsistencies. All these other teams will have inconsistent periods. They just they just will. And United won't play like that every week. They can't. They can't. No. They'll have to take the ball, and exactly. that's when you know it's it's much easier to be a counter attacking side and, and win a game than it that, is to that, control yeah. a game and yeah. win a game. Five nil last season was a decoy, I think, because they were crap leading into that game, and I thought they'd do that. What they did last on uh, Monday night last time and he just completely fell apart so I think in people's minds oh, the shit they're still shit we can just turn up and do the same thing again and it wasn't to be yeah absolutely um, Mr X Matty limited competition for VVD Trent love them but looks like they can't be bothered and don't want to graft poison chalice of the success we've had uh, interesting um, Daniel B Bellingham is a free signing next summer isn't he's he not. nope uh, if Dortmund would take 60 for him now we should do now no he's not mate he's got another couple of uh, 2025 yeah he's got three years left on his contract so yeah he's he's a 100 million pound plus Football, like there's no, there's no release clause. Either. What FSG should do is just buy Dortmund <laughs> <laughs> and sell them to us. What FSG <laughs> should do is just tell us exactly what the plan what is. The just, plan yeah, is. just let us know. <laughs> I'll give you if I can find it. My lucky biscuit wrapper that's somewhere in a stadium in France, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I expect 0.1 percent of your football club, but insider information. Rabadam says uh, maybe there is a terror financing slave owning despot out there for us as well <laughs> yeah maybe 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 there's one out there for all of us um, plenty of fish in the sea <laughs> right sound um, yeah Redman Extra is following this on Redman Plus if you want the uncensored unbroadcastable on free media uh, version of this podcast uh, then please do join us over on redmenplus.com we'll be live streaming that in about 15 minutes or so after the fact or it'll be there in video or in podcast form after as are all the other previous ones yeah all the stuff that we uh, we can't really say on public forums um, so if you like this but you want more um, then yeah, head over to redmanplus.com. Anyway, that's the podcast. Uh, hopefully Liverpool will win a game of fucking football between now Needed and next Needed to get some of that off my chest to feel well better for Yeah, that. yeah, genuinely. Nice yeah, little old Rampokes match as well. Like, yeah, just, there's nothing we can do about it, unfortunately. So we need Liverpool, we need the lads to just sort it out. So, you know, the lads will eventually sort it out and I'm sure it'll be fine, but until then. Just don't yeah. lose to Bournemouth. Just don't lose to Bournemouth. Oh, just fucking win. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.